serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. When he says as good stewards, here's what it means. It means I'm responsible to God. In other words, every single one of us is responsible to God for the gifts, the talents, and skills he's given us. We're responsible. And he says as good stewards of the manifold grace of God, that is manifold grace means these, all these wonderful expressions of the goodness and love of God he's placed upon us. He says he wants us to utilize all of that for the good of other people. We are to bear witness, that is we are to share ourselves, the Spirit of God living within us. We're to make an impact on people. No matter who you are, you say, well, I don't make an impact on anybody. Yes, you do. We all influence somebody, the good or bad. We impact them either for good or for bad. Now watch this next passage. He says, whoever speaks is to do so as one who's speaking the utterance of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies. God is not going to ask you to do anything he's not going to help you do. He's not going to ask you to do anything you cannot do with his help and guidance and direction. He's never going to ask you to do something that you cannot do with his help and guidance and direction. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be God. It would be inconsistent. Plus the fact, remember this. He says, and he said the night before he was uh, crucified and talking to his disciples, here's what he said. He says, I'm going to send you another helper. Listen to that. I'm going to send you a helper. Why do you think he said, I'm going to send you a helper? Because he knew we needed help. I'm going to send you another helper. He'll be in you, with you, and upon you. And he'll be with you forever. That is, when you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit came into your life and my life, first of all, to seal us. He says we've been sealed under the day of redemption. Once you're saved by the grace of God, you are sealed by the Spirit of God indwelling you under the day of redemption, which means until he calls you home. And he's there, not only having sealed you, but as your helper. And he says, when the Spirit comes upon you, you will have power. That is, you'll have divine energy and strength to do whatever God has called you to do. Now, can God be pleased when we, his children, sealed by the Spirit, gifted by talents and skills and all the rest that he gives us, and then gives us these spiritual gifts to enable us to do it in the power of God? Is he pleased when we sit and do nothing, when we don't please him, but we just want to satisfy ourselves, and as long as me, myself, and I have what me, myself, and I want, and are happy and contented, which you'll never be without Christ, then God's not pleased. So look what he's done. He says, I have created you to carry out my work on earth. You're to do that by serving one another. So I'm giving you skills and talents and abilities and spiritual gifts. I'm giving you the divine energy that you need to get it done. I will equip you and help you, and I'll be with you every step of the way. When he sent those disciples out, what did he say? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He says, I'm going to be with you even to the end of this age. That is, he's going to be with you and with me till the last breath we take on the face of this earth. And you don't want to take the last breath, having spent 10, 15, 20 years in some retirement situation somewhere where your life hasn't counted for anything but sitting and watching TV and playing dominoes and checkers and cards and all the rest of it. And you know what? And then dying and face Jesus. There are many people who are living that kind of life. It is a sin against God. We don't like to call it sin. It's a sin against God. If I disobey him, I'm sinning. If I rebel against his will, I'm sinning. And to waste your life and to refuse to serve the living God is a sin against God. And so many of you are so gifted and so skilled and so talented in so many ways. But you know what you've done? You've employed it for yourself. You're self-centered. And so as long as you've got what you want and you have enough of what you want, you're not concerned. God created you for himself. 
And now that you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are responsible for putting that to work to serve the living God. You say, well, it doesn't work with me because I'm not even a Christian. You're doubly guilty. You're doubly guilty. First of all, you rejected his son. Secondly, you're living in sin by rejecting his son. Thirdly, you're wasting away your life. And number four, he says, it's upon them the man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. And he says, every one of us shall give an account for the life that he's lived, the things that he's done. And you see, people don't want to hear that. Don't have some preacher tell me that God isn't pleased with me because I don't go to church. No, that's not the issue. The issue is you're living in sin because you refuse to be used by God and to invest your life in things that, listen, that are godly and righteous and wise. God is the giver of every single thing that you have, and He gave it to you to recognize His Lordship in your life and to recognize that you're a created being by Almighty God and that you've been saved and can be saved by the grace of God that your life will count in the lives of other people as well. Thanks for listening to In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. His message continues tomorrow. If you're a believer, God can use you wherever you are. It's up to you to trust that He will enable you to step out and obey. To listen again, look for the link to Today on Radio at intouch.org and take some time to look around our website or resources that can help you learn more about the believer's life of service to God. If you'd like to have a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, you can order online. The title is, Can God Use You? Again, log on to intouch.org or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. To write to us, address your letter to In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. Your testimony can make an eternal difference in someone's life. Today's Moment with Charles Stanley is coming up. Trusting God each day can be a challenge, but working to grow that trust brings greater joy and peace than we could ever find on our own. In Trusting God with Today, the 365-day devotional from the teachings of Dr. Charles Stanley, we are encouraged to believe in God's love and rest in His purpose for us. Available now at intouch.org slash today. Have you ever forgotten something God taught you when you were reading the Bible? When we take note of what God reveals to us, it helps us to apply it to our lives. With the Charles F. Stanley Life Principles Journal, you can keep track of your spiritual journey and be transformed by God's truths. This journal features artwork of Dr. Stanley's 30 life principles, lined pages for writing, a prayer journaling section, and more. To order, call 1-800-IN-TOUCH or go to intouch.org slash journal. You're listening to In Touch. You may not be a pastor, but if you're a Christian, you share the responsibility of sharing the gospel. Here's a moment with Charles Stanley. The responsibility to reach others for Jesus Christ doesn't just belong to pastors and full-time missionaries, which is what many people think. God has made all believers missionaries. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. And he says, then I'll be with you every step of the way. Well, God doesn't want us to hoard the gift of eternal life. He wants us to pass it on. 
And when you think about how much truth you know and the fact that you've been saved by the grace of God and that you and I have the message within our heart, the only message that will change a person's eternal destiny, we can't afford to keep it to ourselves. And aren't you grateful that somebody told you what it meant to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, and maybe you didn't understand a lot of things about it at that time, but you understood enough to place your faith in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. When you come to 2 Timothy, for example, and when uh, Paul was writing to Timothy, here's what he said to him. He said, the things that you have learned from me, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, and women of course, who will be able to teach other people also. That is, we're given the responsibility that what we've learned, we pass on. That's the way the gospel got to you. Somebody told you. Somebody told the person who told you. It is your responsibility and mine to share with other people. You can learn more about sharing the truth of Jesus Christ with those around you at intouch.org. And if the gospel has changed your life, and if this program has been part of your story, please let us know. Tomorrow on In Touch, God designed you with talents and abilities so you could serve Him effectively. Hear how you can put your skills into action when you join us Wednesday for In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. As births in the U.S. sink farther below the replacement rate and the average age of first marriage hovers near an all-time high, a growing number of young people are seeing the appeal of a life centered more around family than around career success or status. In fact, Gallup Social Series survey recently found that the desire for larger families is at a 50-year high. 45% of respondents said that three or more children is their ideal. That's a big change from just 20 years ago when only 33% of Americans wanted that many kids. This, however, only makes our nation's empty maternity wards and rock-bottom birth rates even more puzzling. What is growing in America are not families. What's growing is the chasm between the families that Americans say they want and the families they're actually forming. In a Wall Street Journal article back in May, Janet Adamy described how, quote, the gap between women's intended number of children and their actual family size has widened considerably. By the time women born in the late 1980s were in their early 30s, they had given birth on average to about one child less than they planned, end quote. And multiplied by tens of thousands, well, that's a lot of missing kids. This so-called birth dearth has become so serious and so undeniable that even mainstream media outlets like the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal have finally acknowledged it, and even, at points, debated ways to reverse it. Now, Adamy thinks that economic and social factors are to blame. Women cannot afford to have as many kids as they want, and can't find mature, financially stable men with whom to have them. And those are factors, but alone they cannot sufficiently explain the numerous ways that Americans actively opt for child-free lives. For instance, more and more households are choosing pets over children, and our spending on those pets increased by a whopping 30% between 2018 and 2021. More importantly, marriage is now rarer than ever, especially among lower-income Americans, and despite the fact that marriage is the most reliable means of building and keeping financial stability. And if, as several writers have recently asked, our lack of fertility can be chalked up simply to, it's the economy stupid, well then how did previous generations manage far higher 
higher birth rates and much more financially difficult times. Louise Perry offered a better explanation than any of these in an article recently published in The Spectator. In it, she blamed our progressive lifestyle. Quote, the key features of modernity, urbanism, affluence, secularism, the blurring of gender distinctions, and more time spent with strangers than with kin, all of these factors, she wrote, in combination, shred fertility. In other words, what we're witnessing is the domination of a life script in which children feel superfluous. We've been culturally conditioned at nearly every turn to put other things ahead of marriage and children, to believe that marriage and family will quote-unquote just happen whenever it's time. But these things rarely do just happen, especially in a culture like ours, which is why so many find themselves wishing that things had gone differently, but also painfully aware that this lost time can never be reclaimed. Megatrends, like the ones that we've gone through in our culture, cannot be changed overnight. Ultimately, however, it'll come down to individual choices, to plan life in a way that centers rather than marginalizes marriage and family. That means these things can't be an afterthought, seen as a kind of capstone that young people expect to simply fall into place when the time is right. Rather, they have to be thought of as foundational realities, and as such, things that are worth pursuing, and around which other aspects of life should revolve. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Shane Morris. And for more resources to live like a Christian in this cultural moment, go to breakpoint.org. Hun, do you know why there's a man measuring our front yard? Oh, yeah, he's going to give us an estimate for one of those underground dog fences you can't see. Why? We don't even have a dog. Well, I don't want to be the only house in the street that doesn't have one. Keeping up with the Joneses. The idea that you're going to be happy and popular with just more stuff. But the Bible tells us more stuff isn't the answer. Billy Graham. The highest standard of living that we're fighting for is not solving the problem, it's creating the problem. Jesus said man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. True satisfaction only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. When you turn over the controls to Jesus, there comes a relaxation and a peace and a joy that you've never known before. Find out more at our website, findpeacewithgod.net. Findpeacewithgod.net. From the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.